Ladies and gentlemen, before we get to our episode this week, I wanted to give you a reminder or perhaps let you know for the first time about the Handlebars Happy Hour right here in Chico. If you don't know, they're a craft beer bar and restaurant right on the south end of town at 2070 East 20th Street, and they have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. where you get a dollar off every single one of their draft beers. So go check them out. Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Here's the show. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast and radio show based in Chico, California, where each and every week, myself, Max Minardi, and Johnny Summers tell you what you should and should not maybe be watching and drinking. Of course, I am Max Minardi. I'm Johnny. Hi. Hey, this week on the show, we're giving you our thoughts on Sisu. It's a movie set at the end of World War II in the Finnish countryside and follows the perilous journey of an ex-military man turned gold prospector on a nearly 600-mile trek to the nearest bank. But before we get to that, Johnny, tell the fine folks what we are drinking. Beers this week are from Tox Brewing in Connecticut by way of SNS Produce right here in Chico. Beer number one is called Mycelium Dream. It's a pale ale brewed with mushrooms. That's 6%. And beer number two is a triple IPA called Poltergeist. That is a whopping 10%. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Saturday afternoon. On the radio version of our show today, you'll be hearing our episode almost in its entirety, which will include spoilers for Sisu. So consider this your first warning if you haven't seen the movie yet. That said, those spoilers won't be hitting your ears until about 4.30. On the other hand, you could go see the movie and just listen to the podcast version of our show, which, in addition to our beer reviews and thoughts on the film, include the always unpredictable Hot and Bothered segment. It's how we end the show each week by catching up with each other, discussing everything from the latest shows we've been streaming to our latest culinary adventures to just venting about getting cut off in traffic. It's anyone's guess. Yeah, and to find that slice of fried gold, go search Fresh Hop Cinema on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. We've released every single Friday a new episode since 2016, which means it's available to all of you listening on KZFR right now. If you like the show, go take five seconds and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to let us know you did. Text us to brag or with feedback about the show at 530-433-0839. Again, the cell phone number for the podcast, we have one of those now, guys. It's 530-433-0839. To hang out with us on social media, you're going to search Fresh Hop Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Facebook, or Untapped, or just head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com. All right, let's get into Patreon here. Patreon, if you don't know, is a way to support our little podcast for a, uh, a dollar amount that you choose each and every week as we put out episodes. Uh, in return for your generosity, we give you access to all sorts of stuff, including bonus episodes that we release on our website that you need a password to get into that we give you when you're on Patreon. We have... Uh, super secret Patreon events like our bar hang coming up this uh, month on May 25th. You'll know more about that if you're in Patreon. We have sometimes larger gatherings. We have movie nights. We have all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, and ultimately, it's just a fun way for you to be able to support the show if you if you like what we do. The way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. We also, um, if you want one more incentive, do give you a shout out when it's your birthday. We have a couple this week. So Johnny, whose birthdays are coming up? We got the one, the only 
Nick Land. His birthday is the third of this month. As we record this, it will be tomorrow. Yeah. But if you're listening on Friday or Saturday, it was this past week. Yeah, happy birthday, Nick. And then also, one Robert Delgado. Yeah, his is going to be uh, the eighth, which is actually a couple days after we record this, um, which is Monday. So happy birthday, Rob. Thanks for your support. Um, and if you can hear me through the wall, happy birthday, dude, because he's in the other room. Um, we also like to give a shout out every time we get a new patron. So Meredith, shout out. Thanks for joining Patreon. Um, Meredith joined at the tipsy cinephile level, which is, um, I want to say it's our, our second or third tier, but it's the level at which, um, if you contribute there, we buy you a beer at our bar hangs. Yep. You essentially are just buying yourself a beer in the future is kind of how it works. Looking out for future you. It's a short-term investment. Essentially. We're, we're basically like a little savings account for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's all the Patreon stuff we have. Is that, am I missing anything, Johnny? I think we're there. Okay. Then let's get into beers this week with our housekeeping out of the way. Beer number one. And I picked these out, um, this week, but this is, I mean, this is, this is one of the weirder beers that we've ever covered on the show. Like you said at the top, it's called mycelium dream. Uh, it's a pale ale. It's 6%, like you said, and I picked it up at SNS Produce, like you mentioned, Johnny, right here in Chico. It was $5.79. Would you care to read the description from Untapped? For this special project, we teamed up with our friends from Seacoast Mushrooms in Mystic, Connecticut. We crafted a fitting pale ale to be brewed with gourmet mayatake and lion's mane mushrooms. These are not your typical supermarket mushrooms, though. They are somewhat rare, delicious, wildly unique, and are typically found only at special markets. Mayatake, also known as hen of the woods, are rich, earthy, and woodsy in nature. Lion's mane are delicate and mildly sweet. After careful consideration and experimentation, we paired them with Citra and Simcoe hops. With no credible science to confirm, some people believe that these mushrooms have special properties that enhance memory and brain function. Do they? All we know is that they are delicious. I am familiar with the Mayataki mushroom. Are you? From some survival shows I've watched. Okay. Because they, they legitimately <laughs> call it chicken of the woods. Hen of the woods, yeah. Yeah. Chicken of the woods yeah. also. That's like the survival term for Great. it. Because you like cook it up and it like shreds just like chicken. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. It kind of looks like a uh, shiitake mushroom. I was looking at photos earlier just to kind of see if maybe they derived the um, pseudonym from its appearance. But what you're saying makes a lot more sense. Um, So. We've done a couple beers with mushrooms in the past. We've done a couple beers with fungus. And I'm going to look into that in a second. There's for sure been a mushroom beer. Do you think so? Yeah. Okay. Well, you, we can race to it in the compendium. We can see who finds it first, but I'm not sure. But let's, let's, let's say one thing we are sure of. We have done tox brewing in the past. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pour these here, but tox, I'm going to pull up the information for sure, but it was about a year ago. Um, you and I were both very excited about the brewery. And as I'm looking that up, would you kind of describe this can? Cause it's a pretty noticeably fun can. Yeah, very psychedelic, very trippy, blue, deep bluish black space background with uh, looks like we're on some sort of planet with a bunch of other giant planets super close. And this planet is just populated by, if I was standing here looking out, 30 foot tall mushrooms of various colors mm -hmm. growing towards space. There's a stairway, some would say to heaven. Okay, sure. We don't play that song we'll here it, though. Yeah. Uh, we have some... What is that? That looks like an eyeball with wings. It's very psychedelic yeah. can, super trippy, really cool artwork. I really I like, like the color scheme, man. Yeah. All their artwork is really like earth tones and dark with like mm. neon blues and greens that just pop so well. Is there a frog on that somewhere? That's their logo. That, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. I couldn't remember. The, the, what is that? The dart frog? Yeah, maybe. The one that will kill you. Mm -hmm. 
Hopefully the beer's not the same. Hopefully. Um, so yeah, to close this loop, it was back on episode 262 that we tried beers from this brewery for the very first time. One was called Digitox. It was an Imperial New England IPA, 8.5%. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Johnny, you gave it a 6.1. And then the one that we closed out the show with was called Death Angel, which was also a triple IPA um, that we'll be getting to later. And that was 10% as well. I gave it a 9. You gave it a 7.8. Um, I really like these beers. You you know, nothing to shake a stick at. Your ratings as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got this one in our glasses. You've tried it by the looks of your glass. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I mean, first thought is it tastes pretty old. Okay. That's what jumps right out. It's got a little bit of, of that wet cardboardy thing happening. Interestingly, it's not. It tastes like it. It's definitely, well, I mean, I would maybe attribute that to the fact that it was brewed with mushrooms. Maybe. Because it's only um, on the bottom of the can, uh, February 23rd. Okay. So we're about six weeks old. Yeah, that's not bad. Nothing. I'm going to try it too, hmm. but I'm I'm... I guess I don't want to say I'm hoping that this tastes like mushrooms, but I do want it to be apparent that there was something different about the brewing here. I don't think it's super apparent. I, I'm not picking up any mushroomy vibes. There's like no earthy, there's no umami. Um, nothing jumps out. If you would have poured this and said, here's a pale ale, I'd have been like, yep. Uh, I'm tempted to agree, though by virtue of, how this works and how human brains work. Now that I know that there are mushrooms in it, I am looking for that. And I, I would, I would go out a little bit and say there is something of an earthy quality, a very forest floor kind of damp. And I think we had that experience with one of their other beers for some reason, or maybe I'm conflating that with another foresty kind of beer. Hmm. Do you like it? Yeah, it's fine. I don't love yeah, it. Okay. I like it. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to, I'm, I like it. I do like it. Okay. I like it with a capital L. Now, by and large, are you a pale ale enthusiast? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I sh- that was too dramatic. That was yeah. emphatic. Yeah. Was uh, hey. Yeah. You made it sound like they're your business. Can you ask me again? Yeah. Are you a pale ale enthusiast? Yeah. Yeah. It's more like it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Got to get the tone just yeah. right. It's it's a style that's available and around. A lot of like more cutting edge craft breweries really don't make a ton of pale ales, you'll maybe see one pale ale on What do you board. think that's about? I think it's a style that is kind of established itself as it was, you know, one of the root. It's a boomer style. It's it's a little bit of a boomer style. Yeah. I mean, it was at the core of the, the craft beer renaissance in the late 80s, early 90s. Craft beer boom. The craft beer will. boom. Sure. Yeah. Beer boomer. Yeah. <laughs> this, that said, this is not, we should point out, like this is a, we haven't even talked about what it looks like. It's a hazy pale ale. It's mm-hmm. very sweet. It's not in any way, shape, or form reminiscent of, say, a Sierra Nevada pale ale. I wouldn't call it very sweet. You wouldn't? No. Maybe we're tasting different things today. Yeah. Because that's really sweet to me. Hmm. And earthy. So I don't know what's going on. I'm getting a lot of, of you know, it's it's got like a round, not sweetness, it's, but it's it's more neutral than something super sweet. It's hard to describe. It's not overly sweet in any way i think it's there but it's not the first word i would use to That's describe so it funny to me because i the more i drink it the more i'm like johnny's gonna start hating this beer any second for how sweet it is see the first thing i was picking up on was just the the overarching bitterness of it it's got a nice hot profile it does like have that too to yeah i will say mushrooms or not this is one of the more dynamic and at the same time, well-balanced pale ales that I've had recently. That's nice. And we, we don't do a ton on the show. And I think part of that is a symptom of the fact that like what you're saying is that breweries aren't making it a ton. 
Uh, I think that's because a lot of the people that go to breweries are just like, give me IPAs. There's, yeah. I mean, there's, that trend is not going anywhere anytime soon. Like, trends is probably the keyword there. This isn't a trendy style. It's not no. in vogue. It's very out of fashion. Yeah. yeah. It's all about, you know, the hoppiest hoppy. It's it's West Coast IPAs. Mm-hmm. It's hazy IPAs. It's smoothie sours with pound cake sure. and frosting <laughs> in it. Yeah. And, and like Imperial Stouts. Mm-hmm. And then slightly more um, from the slightly more dedicated uh, craft beer people that have been doing it for a long time, I would argue probably like Pilsners. Loggers, yeah. Yeah, loggers, yeah, loggers big time are are trending. And you're seeing a lot of breweries open up that are focusing solely on, mm-hmm. on loggers, which is great. It's a risky move too. Oh, I'm for it. Yeah, though. I am too. Um, I met a guy weeks, possibly months ago, um, when I was out of town, I was talking to him about about beer and then the podcast came up and I was like, what, what kind of beers do you enjoy? And you know, he he started off with like the, I like, like, I like all kinds of beers. I was like, oh, cool. Like, do you like, are you into like, you know, like German styles, like, no, not really. It's like, okay, how about like, like, you know, when you get down to like a really good Imperial stout, he's like, no, I don't really go with stouts. I was like, what do you, do you just drink IPAs? He was like, yeah, I really like IPAs. And I think that's, you know, I, cause there's so many IPAs out there. Like you can probably get away with saying, no, I love beer and have a backlog of so many IPAs that you could convince people like you're a serious quote unquote beer drinker. You're a serious IPA drinker. But it though. is a bit of an endemic, I think. Yeah. Anyways. Good pale ale. Yeah. I like it more than you for sure. We haven't done a ton of pale ales either. And no, we most haven't. of the times we have, they've been hazy. I don't remember the last like clear pale ale that we've done, like a really traditional pale ale. Um I don't either. I can tell you that we've done a couple over the years. We've done um like Knee Deep's Auburn Pale Ale, that back on episode 22 in the beginning oh of the show. Of course, we've done Dale's Pale Ale, yeah. a classic. We did a Pale Ale from Modern Times called Spaceship Earth back on episode 48. Surf Stop was a great one from Pizza Port. Um, we did one from Worthy Brewing called Pre-Funk Pale, which was pretty good. There's there's a few smattered in, in and out here. Um, and those are the the non-New England style Pale Ales. Yeah, which I mean, but that's like five or six out of 300 episodes, two beers a piece. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it's not by any way, shape, or form are uh, a predominant style on the yeah. show. I don't, well, it's just because it's not a predominant style in the industry. I like it. We've done 16 over the years. That's crazy. Still, that's more than I would have guessed. 16 out of 600. I know. <laughs> uh, I would also be willing to bet that one of our top styles, if not the most prominent, is the IPA. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, well, I mean, you could probably go back and have some some graph data like paralleled with our beer as yep. far as like beer trends. Mm-hmm. Because you, I bet you could pinpoint around the six month period where like smoothie sours got real popular in this country for sure. Because all oh, we started doing them. Yeah, I, I sometimes wish we lived in an area that produced more of that. Because we get a lot of those in from other places. Like mm-hmm. one of our favorites was the one from Drecker, um, pineapple whip chonk or whatever it was called, and that came from from North Dakota of all places. Right? Which you don't think of as a craft beer hub, like a it's not really innovative, a you know? Mecca. But maybe it is. You know, maybe we're just out here in Northern California and don't know. Sleeping on North Dakota. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. But, you know, I digress. Yeah. That would be a fun thing to learn, though, like what we've done the most of. Yeah. yeah. We could do that. We have the compendium. We absolutely do. I think it's easy. To, yeah. It would just be IPAs. Yes. Yeah. So back to pale ales. Back to mycelium. Where does this fall in the uh, spectrum? of mushroom pale ales that you've had. It's I mean it's the best it's and the, the worst. It's the only one. <laughs> it's the best and the worst one I've ever had. Yep. Um I think it's above average for a pale ale. I do too. I really like it. It's, it's very approachable. It's it's got that bitterness and the semi sweetness mm-hmm. that's not overpowering. Well balanced, well made. I uh, lacking on prominent mushroom characteristics yeah. which mm-hmm. you know, you know me, I don't like being advertised something and then not getting it. At so. the same time, 
I can't imagine that a beer that really tasted like mushrooms would be great. So I don't think I'd like that either. Yeah. So of those two evils, I'd choose this one. That's fair. It's also the rare occasion you get a collaboration between two businesses in a beer that one is not a brewery. Right. Which I think it's kind of fun. Here's some. We collaborated with, a, with yeah, Seacoast Mushrooms. Here's some plants. Why not? Um, you ready to give it a rating out of 10? I am. Okay. I'm going to take one more sip while you tell me your rating and maybe elaborate briefly. Uh, for me, it's it's like a 6.3. Like a it's perfectly above average, but it's not outstanding. It's not blowing my mind. Nothing about it is incredibly memorable or you know, worthy of seeking out, in my opinion. Okay. It's it's perfectly adequate. I'm going to give it a seven I, for mostly the same reasons. I like it a little bit more. I'd be stoked to try it again. Maybe wouldn't go out of my way to grab it. Um, can we talk about two X factors here as we have a couple more minutes on um, our beer segment here today? Okay. I want to talk about the vibes of the can. I'm into the vibes. And this doesn't have to factor in, but I really think this is a cool label. Yeah. And if you're a person who shops visually, mm-hmm. as I think most of us are, it's a can that grabbed my eyes immediately. And I appreciate the consistency of this brewery in constantly having labels with awesome colors and like trippy visuals. Yeah. This is a, a can that's not really gonna jump out to every demographic. I think, no, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think for a person of our age demographic, this would be very attractive. I think if on paper you're a beer shopper who's going to search for pale ales, and you see this, you'd be very confused. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Um, also, the beer looks great, man. It's a it's a lovely looking beer in the glass. It, I think it's a great color. It um, even visually kind of makes you expect more sweetness than you get. Mm-hmm. Five out of five on vibes. All right. Last factor: redrinkability. Five seventy nine for this pint can. Yeah. Um, Which we're allowed to say on the radio now. We're gonna do it. Okay. Yeah, I think it's okay because we're not explicitly telling you to buy it. We're just giving you the information as a consumer if you'd like to apply that information. I am going to double check it with the folks at KZFR. We will double check. You're about to say whether you should buy it or not based on price. I'm saying whether or not it's a good deal. <laughs> right. You don't okay. have to buy every good deal. But you should know it is a good deal or it's not. Right. That's is our this a good value? And I think yes. I think it's a great value. Um, I would probably drink the whole can if I bought it for myself. Wouldn't be disappointed. Um, it's really easy to get, which is a big factor. It's right at SNS. So I, I give the drinkability a, you know, it could be a little cheaper. If it were $4.99, I'd be a little more stoked. So I give the drinkability a four out of five. That's where I'm at. That 80 cents. Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal, man. Because you got tax and you have the CRV. Is six, that the right? 650 out the door. Is that, right, is that the right acronym, CRV? Yeah. It is, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just a car? No. Okay, great. It's California refund value. All right, well, that's my Celium Dream. Once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you've tried my Celium Dream and you think we got it wrong or you know that we obviously got it right, get in touch and let us know. You can leave us a voicemail or send a text to 530-433-0839. We love feedback. Again, that number is 530-433-0839. And hey, if you like the show, help us out and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Yes, indeed. It only takes a couple seconds, and it's one of the most effective ways to help get our show in front of new potential listeners. Up next is a trailer for this week's movie, Sisu. If you haven't seen it yet, fear not. There are no spoilers in our next segment, so don't go anywhere. Can I break format and say that there's not a lot of dialogue in this trailer? It's a lot of visual stuff, and I think we should make a motion just to play part of that cool score and soundtrack instead. Sure. Are you cool with that? Let's do it. Well, if 
you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're sadly going to be missing out on some solid gold that will be available exclusively to our podcast listeners. That's right. I'm talking about the last part of the show. So if you'd like to hear the whole episode, go subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found. It's currently available for your streaming pleasure. So at the end of this, if you're just dying to know what all the hot and bothered fuss is about, please go have a listen. During the last desperate days of World War II, a solitary prospector crosses paths with Nazis on a scorched earth retreat in northern Finland. When the Nazis steal his gold, they quickly discover that they have just tangled with no ordinary miner. While there is no direct translation for the Finnish word Sisu, the legendary ex-commando will embody what Sisu means. A white-knuckled form of courage, an unimaginable determination in the face of overwhelming odds, And no matter what the Nazis throw at him, the one-man death squad will go to outrageous lengths to get his gold back, even if it means killing every last Nazi in his path. This was written and directed by Jamali Halander, starring, bear with me, Jorma Tomila, I think we'll say. Um, His name translates in Finnish to Adam. So I'm just going to say Adam because Tommy Corpy is going to not roll off the tongue super well. A um, couple Nazi shout-outs here. You got... <laughs> Please don't ever say that again. <laughs> you got Axel Hani, the actor, playing uh, Bruno Heldorf. He's the, the Nazi commander. And then you've got other Nazis played by Jack Doolin, uh, Mimosa Walama, who has maybe my favorite name of the episode, and Oni Tamila. This came to the Toronto International Film Festival on September 9th, 2022. Got released in Finland uh, at the end of January 23, and then hit wide release in the States on April 28th. It runs 91 minutes long, and... Um, Let's get into it, dude. Uh, is Ani Tamila related to Jorma? Tamila? Probably. Probably. The, the main character? Yeah, is I'm his sure. son in this I or don't something? Know. Yeah, I can't remember. Don't know who's who. <laughs> what did you think of this? You were, we were both jazzed about it. Like, we were excited to see it. I think it's the same producer. Were we? Were we not? Because I texted you and you hadn't even heard of it. No, no, no. After we just, like, after you told me about it and became an option, I was like, oh, yeah, this seems great. Like, it's yeah. the same producer. Like, I've been excited Lake. about it for like three months. Okay. Well, tell me more. How was your experience with it? Uh, I had a great experience. Watched it with a whopping four other people Mm -hmm. in the theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a good time. This movie was something else, man. It was... uh, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It was... Imagine, for me, the two things that came to mind immediately were obviously John Wick. Okay. Um, Wait, obviously why for people that haven't seen it? uh, It was produced by the same company, I believe. Sure. There's a lot of this, there's a lot of production crossover. Okay. Uh, Primarily focused on hand-to-hand combat, Mm -hmm. martial combat, uh, and a little bit of gunplay, but not nearly as much focus on that that Mm close-up, nitty-gritty fighting, uh, unless you're throwing landmines. also, uh, the other thing that came to mind was a, a Tarantino-esque stylization of the violence, uh-huh. uh, particularly, um, oh my God, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, sure. Uh, obviously, because there's the, of course. the World War II parallel there. Um, the tone, the color palette of the movies is also pretty similar. The chapter titles help The chapter titles, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it almost to the point of being derivative. It was... Yeah, very close. I'm, it's way past it for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. It felt, yeah, it kind of felt derivative a mm-hmm. little bit, but not so much. It distracted me. Okay, um, man, it was it was over the top. It was it was a tight ninety of an action movie that mm-hmm. really. 
There was not a ton of setup. There was virtually no dialogue. It was... He doesn't speak at all. Yeah, he's got one line at the very end. Yes. Um, which I bet they had to do just to give him credit for a speaking role and get him paid. You could do it. I mean, you could pay some people without having them speak. I think it was just to like, you know, um, solidify like this ethos of him as like a mystery warrior. <laughs> right. Yeah, keep going. Though. Yeah. So you've got this larger than life kind of death proof type character. There's also thing. very John Wick. Yep. That's a great example. That was another deep Tarantino reference there for you though. What was? Death proof. Oh, sure. Yeah. Half him? Tarantino, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Him and Rodriguez. Rodriguez, yeah. Are you sure? Nope. Okay. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Tarantino did that. And okay. then him and Rodriguez did uh Grindhouse, Grindhouse. and Planet Terror. Okay. Uh so yeah, some parallels, some definite nods being given, some more over the top, some bordering on derivative. You're correct, it is Tarantino, death proof is cool. Yep. But what I took away from it was massively entertaining. Okay. There was an immense sense of disbelief that needed to be suspended sure. for the third act particularly. Okay, I mean, sure. I mean, particularly. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of suspending disbelief you have to do for yeah. this whole movie to work. You have to be on board for this World War II action hero type flick. Yeah. Uh, and I was completely on board for that already. But even me knowing and knowing the vibe of the movie, that third act, it was a real tough pill to swallow a couple times. Yeah, dude. Um, like ridiculous just the believability thing yeah okay like we'll we'll get to yeah, yeah. more in the danger zone but it almost felt out of place with the rest of the movie which it, is saying a lot yeah because the whole movie's pretty outlandish yeah and then you do some wild wild shit, and it's just like this makes no sense in this movie um all that to say i really liked it i thought it was rad I think the most metal thing that you can do is arm women. I think that was my favorite scene in the movie where he gives the the women a bunch of assault rifles and they go on the offensive. Uh, there was some great scenes. There was some beautiful landscapes. There was a dog. I loved the dog very much. Um, so overall, I really, I would say I really liked it. Out of 10. Out of 10, it was like a 7.5. 7.5 is incredibly too high, if you ask me. I think this movie is a train wreck in a lot of ways. You, I like the concept. You lowered your score while I was talking. I did, because I kept, now I've revisited, I saw it about two days ago, and I've been thinking about it, and now more so. Um, I, uh, I don't like it. I like it as a concept. Such a fun idea. Yeah. Like, because the references you're talking about are correct. John Wick, for sure. You have clearly the studio crossover stuff, or the produ production crossovers. You have, like, the 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 man with a reputation of you know like being unkillable or like everybody is afraid of him that's so John Wickian and then the Tarantino stuff for sure people have like compared it to Mad Max too but I think it's only because like the women are you know like in a in a cart going across the desert I guess I don't think it's a great comparison the point is this movie does feel like the best concepts in it are ghosts of better movies mm. I also think that the not speaking thing doesn't work. I'm so not invested in this character. Didn't care about his dog really, which is crazy because that's almost an e like, that's the easiest way to get an audience on board. It's like, look, he's got a cute animal. Mm -hmm. He sends the dog off immediately. The dog's barely in the movie. Yeah. There's also basically no stakes here because of what you're talking about. He constantly avoids death. You know, this guy's not dying probably. And, and he's in so many situations throughout the movie where you're like, okay, he's, Okay, like, I'll, okay, he can maybe get out of that, 
but he does it over and over. And increasingly it's just like, you can't survive. So like, maybe he's like superhuman or something. Like maybe there's some truth to the fact that he is like unkillable, but then it's like, why do I care? Like, what do I care about this action? And it comes down to maybe the action's so entertaining that I can just enjoy that. And it's not, there's a couple good, there's a couple good ones. Um, there's, there's one scene in the very beginning. It's in the trailer. If you watched it, where, where a guy gets stabbed through the head basically. And it comes so suddenly that it was just this, such a refreshing, like, Oh, like a Nazi just straight through the head. Awesome. There's like an underwater kill sequence that I found pretty great. Uh, and there's a couple more, but for the most part, this movie is just waiting while Nazis talk to get to the next pretty mediocre blow up action scene. The mind that you referenced was a very funny kill sequence as well. I just was so underwhelmed by it. I needed to care. I needed to be entertained. I needed something. So for me, it's a four out of 10. I was extremely let down and I went in wanting to love it. Hmm. I do think the soundtrack's great. I think you're too smart for this movie. No, because I love dumb movies too. Like I'm happy to turn off my brain. It's the reason to some extent we're going to be covering Guardians of the Galaxy next week. I'm not expecting. Or Mario, sure. Either way, I'm not expecting my brain to have to do a lot of heavy lifting. Right. But still, like, I'll enjoy it, maybe if they're good. Mm-hmm. You can be a dumb, good movie. I don't think this is one, unfortunately. I just had so much fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's a four for me. It's a 7.5 for you. Um, <laughs> don't say it like that. Like, I didn't even attitude. mean to say it like that. Um, such sass. Anything you didn't like about it? <sighs> Most of the third act. Yeah, which is, we'll obviously talk about that in a few minutes here, but I agree, dude. It just keeps, it keeps escalating, kind of. At a certain point, I was expecting him to just start shooting lasers out of his mm-hmm. eyes or something. Like, how far are we going to push this? It's like watching Superman to some extent. You're like, unless you know that Batman's got kryptonite or somebody has kryptonite, Superman wins. Yeah. So you, to some extent, check out. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, like, okay. Yeah. Better or make I, it fun. And they've massively underpowered Superman in every single movie that he's been in so far. Well, you have to. And they didn't do that to this guy. Yeah. He gets so beat up. So is the sequel Sisu versus Superman? Superman of course. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but it's like an alternate universe where Superman is on the side of the Nazis. Right. So it's like Nazi Superman. Then, you're rooting, then you're rooting for this guy. You should write that fanfic. Perfect. I will. Do you have anything else in this for now? I don't think so. All right. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you have thoughts on anything we've discussed on the show today so far, do get in touch. You can text or call us at 530-433-0839 or send a good old-fashioned email to fhccast at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll be discussing Sisu with spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, consider this your second-to-last warning. And don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with The Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone. Um, to those of you listening on KZFR, welcome to the Danger Zone for the very first time. Whoa. As your final warning, we are now going to spoil the film Sisu. It's currently in wide release. Um, if you haven't seen it, you don't want it spoiled. Plug your ears, but don't change the radio station, please. Okay, let's get into this. <laughs> Just don't plug your ears if you're driving. <laughs> right. Um, Man, this is the first Danger Zone on KZFR in history. Yeah, it's this true. Is, this is an epic moment. It's a good moment. You want to take it in for a second? We've officially broken ground. You, we really, have. you only get 30 minutes. Yeah, right? we're doubling it up today. So, 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 I we could just jump to spoiling the third act, which does elevate the suspension of disbelief and the action a bit. Or we can go somewhere else. What do you want to do, man? I mean, that was my biggest problem with it. But if you had more stuff you wanted to talk about that happens a little bit earlier in the movie, maybe we could start there. Outside of just having 
having the fun concept of a guy killing Nazis. Mm -hmm. Were you invested in this character? And if so, why? Invested in his survival? No. Okay. Invested in the story to see if he's going to get his gold back? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Were you under the impression that he, all of his gold came with him? No. Me I neither. feel like he could. There was a lot of gold. So in the much ground. gold. So in my brain, I was like, why, why is he chasing down these just, Nazis? Like, maybe you got away the first time. Go back for your gold. Just They're leaving gold. Finland anyways. Let them take the gold. Then you're good. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't invested in that either. I was like, I think you're making a poor choice if yeah. you're just about the gold. Because there was, it seemed like he found a whole vein. Did that remind you of the uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs with um, Ta, um, with who's the singer with the really dark? The really, Tom Waits. Tom Waits. The, the Tom Waits one. Did you mm -hmm. remember that? He was like a gold miner. Yeah. Very similar. He was shot. digging the hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I like, dude. I also really did. To your point, like the landscape stuff is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was shot in Finland. Uh, Finnish director, actors, the whole thing. Gorgeous. Some of that early stuff I could have steeped in for a while longer. I know the whole point of the movie is for him to kill Nazis, but I just I wanted a little. I needed more. Do you just want to hang out by the campfire? Like, yeah, dude. I want to care about this guy as more than a plot device to show us brutality. I think part of the problem with not having that is how fast this movie got into the 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 plot. You're saying that was the problem? No, that that is a problem. Not the problem is how fast it got into the plot. Or yeah, the, because there was no time to yes. get endeared to this character. To at some all. extent, I just there. Sorry, go ahead. I think like you're I just off. he's a dude. He's a minor. Yeah, and like he found some and gold. they're Nazis. Yeah, there's no not much time to elicit empathy. There really isn't. But I think the thought process was. You, there's enough, there's enough antipathy towards the Nazis. Those are the bad guys. Yeah. Like that's all you like, kind of need to care yeah. about, which is kind of true and might've worked, but for a number of reasons that we've already been talking about, like it just wasn't enough for me. Yeah. Did you like it more than John Wick 4? Which we, uh, yes, uh, no. And I didn't like John Wick 4. <laughs> you didn't like it? <laughs> Did as, not okay. like John Wick 4 and I liked this less. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> but it's different. Part of the reason I didn't like John Wick 4, which I won't spoil too much of here, but like they really crank up the John Wickiness. It's the same factor. Like he's just, I guess he just isn't, he's like he can take all these bullets and knife stabs and punches and just keeps getting up and going. Mm -hmm. But at least in John Wick, like you do have some really well choreographed hand-to-hand -hand combat. And like you can see how like he he doesn't, he's not like fine in John Wick. He like gets beat up. He has to recover sometimes and it's not always pretty. This guy like, you know, gets shot a couple times, gets hung crashes in a plane just walks it off two planes two planes what was the first plane the one that he crash landed in the road oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah. right but i mean the last one where he just he can't find a parachute so he just like crosses his arms and it hits like at a perpendicular to the ground forming a t and he just kind of hobbles away yeah come on i don't know man at that point you can't no amount of training in the russian mob or the finnish whatever the equivalent of the mob is Special forces. Special forces is going to prepare you to collide with the Earth's crust at 500 plus <laughs> miles an hour and be cool. And just crawl away. I know. Yeah. I don't know. I So, so yeah. And again, if I were more invested in the character or they had established more of like a comedic tone, like like it would be so preposterous, like the scenario. But it went for this really gritty realism sometimes that was just conflicting with the disbelief. I think more backstory on – any of the the protagonists would have been nice. 
whether it's yeah. it's him or or the women that sure. are obviously being anything on them would have been great. There was no. They're just wenches. I think that's what they say. Like, bring me a wench. Or yeah, something. <laughs> like cool. They're just these women that are in the back of a Nazi wagon getting kidnapped. Presumably, yeah. Like to, to be to be uh, you know you. They're basically being human trafficked. Essentially, yeah. yeah. And it's like we don't get anything about their villages, or, you know. So maybe no. some of that would have added more humanization. Give the dog a name. He does. That's, Give it something. That's a good point. Didn't he have another animal come through his, at some point? His horse got exploded. Oh, his horse blew up. I clapped, not like joyously, but like I was like shocked and I slammed my hands. I was like, oh, in the theater and uh, got a couple looks for that. But, yeah. You know, I think maybe that was, you know, the impetus, like like John Wick's dog, like you killed my horse. That makes sense. But no, because we weren't attached to this horse. Neither yeah, was he. He was. I guess. Killed a bunch of Nazis for his horse and his gold. I don't think he killed the Nazis because they killed his horse, right? Like, I, who knows? I think the horse explosion was for shock and awe. Yeah. Shock and, sorry, shock and awe, mm-hmm. to be clear. Aww. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's it. I don't think it was like, all right, now you've, like, if, if they had murdered his dog, like, they tried to shoot at his dog early on. Yeah. That's the most I was invested. Like, they took Nazis up another level. Like, all right. They're going to kill a puppy? Dogs. Yeah. And then, of course, everything that actually happens in history. Mm-hmm. You don't like Nazis, but I still don't think it's enough to justify like not giving this character any backstory. That's fair. Just give him something. Give just us something. You've got like the worst villain in history, and that's known. Just anyone yeah. that opposes them is by default better. We should be invested in. Yeah. And like I'm not rooting against them. Like I'm certainly still against yeah. the Nazis, but I want to care more. Yeah. You want a little bit more of the why. Yeah. It makes sense. Every other Nazi. Here's here's three. Indiana Jones. I care about the protagonist. Um, Jojo Rabbit. Obviously. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, like you said, like all those movies work really well, partially because in the case of Inglorious Bastards, you've got Hans Landa, who is such a well-developed villain. But in the other two, it's just Nazis. That's it. But the the main characters are so well endeared to us through the writing and the character development and the, mm-hmm. what they go through. Much better. To, to an echelon this movie will never achieve because there's nothing there. That's fair. That's where I'm at with it's this. very shallow. Yeah. The lake was not... That was the scene I was talking about. He, you know, he goes into the water, then obviously has to breathe, mm-hmm. slits a guy's throat, and breathes the air from his open neck, which that, I thought that was, was the most, very clever. That was the most metal thing I've ever seen. It was pretty cool. That was so sick. Also gross. Yeah. Because, you know, there's blood and Ugh. goop. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that. That was a nice That was a nice touch. Yeah. Very original. Totally. Never seen that in a movie No. Before. That was a great one. The mine, he threw a mine baseball style at a Nazi's head, and then that exploded. Yeah. I thought that was very clever. Yeah. I just thought that was nice. Yeah. There was some very creative violence. There's only a movie. couple, though. Like, can you think of many more? Violence or creative violence? Creative violence. I mean, there, there, he, there was a plethora. There was a lot of... I mean, some of it wasn't super original, like just grabbing a guy's revolver and shooting him in the toe yeah, while it's in the holster. It's going to be Tales old as time. Yeah. I think those two were pretty good. Yeah. I think you're right. And I was there for those ones, and they happened pretty early on, mm-hmm. which I think is not smart. Save that stuff. Space out the cool stuff. Totally. So, yeah. Okay. Stylized violence. Mm-hmm. We have to bring up Renfield. It's, it, sure. Okay. I would like to know the comparison and, like, violence-wise and, like, did this violence work better with the movie for you? As than opposed- Renfield? Yeah. 
which is, if you don't know a film that we covered a couple of weeks ago, you can go back and listen to our full thoughts on it there on the podcast land. But yeah, it's fresh in my mind though. And you know, talking about stylized violence, it, it came up in my brain. I, oh, neither of us liked Renfield either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the violence in Renfield worked better yeah. because it is held together mostly by a comedic tone, which also wasn't done super well, but at least it was committed to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the violence here was creative enough to stand on its own as like the, the brutal violence it's it's trying to convince us it is. Yeah, and it was brutal and creative and, and whatnot, but it all the violence wasn't really, I mean, gritty to a degree, but it wasn't mm-hmm. ever like grimy, gritty, like really... No. You know what I mean? There's like that certain level of tone where it's like, I think in that involves stakes. Totally. You know, I'm thinking of some of the scenes in like a Saving Private Ryan. Uh Uh-huh. That knife fight. Mm -hmm. There's one of the main bad guys, like the creepiest Nazi that's clearly, you know, like brought all these women along, like you kind of get the vibe. It was his choice. Mm -hmm. He gets taken out by these women at the end, but I think the camera cuts away before they even kill him. No, they never killed him. They strapped him to the tank. Oh, that's right. You're right. Okay, then fair enough. That's not that my point doesn't work then. Um, what happens to him after that? He they give him to just the, hand him over. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That felt very unsatisfying too. Yeah, I don't know. So I mean, they could have gone almost grittier and given this like an even darker tone, which sounds preposterous. But yeah. if you've seen the movie and you're familiar with a lot of you know deeper, darker, grittier mm-hmm. kind of violent movies, they could have gone like darker and grittier and given this even a more serious tone. Because yeah. they they bordered on like ambivalent violence, like a John Wick. I would say that John Wick is like giddy fun violence. Yeah, this isn't that either. It, but it, it's it's bo- that's what I'm saying is bordering it. Yeah, it's it's trying to butt up against that yeah. while trying to be something else. Yes, like it was never touching in the Venn diagram of violence, grittiness, and mm-hmm. humor. Yep, the humor doesn't exist. No, but it was like it wasn't. It was too much on the the fun violence in that. Yeah, that John Wick yeah. humor violence yes. over the top than gritty, and I think yes. if it, the pendulum would have swung towards being really gritty and grimy and dark, and it would have added a more serious tone to this movie. Yep, probably would have pulled it together more. It certainly would have made it feel less derivative of both John Wick and Tarantino. Yeah, I also think that when you get a movie whose best case scenario on a scale of one to ten is maybe a six. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> Which not according about, to my not score. Not your score. That's true. But I guess in my book, like a, a movie that's right up the middle, like say a five, I would say like 80 to 90% of the time, the reason it, if it falls short of that, like a four or three, like a bad rating is a, is a tonal issue Yeah. rather than a conceptual one or an execution one. I think here, granted tonal uh, is sort of an execution problem, but I mean, rather on like a technical scale, because it, it you know, things blew up, cameras moved where they were supposed to, mm-hmm. but the tone was off. And I think that really hurts a movie like this. When it's, not dialogue driven. It's action and tone driven. If yeah. you're going to be driven by tone yes. and action and you don't nail it, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. Yep. It's like brewing a lager. There's no hops to hide behind. No, you got nothing. Yeah. You have the concept that you've come up with and there's nothing else. Yeah. 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 That's fair. I think we could definitely could have made this, this movie better, but I still liked it. You still had a 7.5? Yeah, I still liked okay. it, man. I had a great time with it. It was dumb and over the top yeah. and ridiculous. Would, would you watch it again? Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I wonder what you gave like John Wick two or three when we reviewed those movies. Probably similar. Looking back, do you think this is, do you enjoy it as much as those movies? I probably enjoyed as much as John Wick three. Parabellum. Yeah. Because John Wick one and two were the best. Oh yeah. They just go downhill. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, well, fair enough. Um, but do you have anything else on this? I think this is a style of movie that is catered to my taste. I really do like the the John Wicks of the world. The, just I just the I, violent centric. It's not action as movies. good as John Wick though. No, violent centric, sure. But that genre, like this style of movie. Yeah, like I'm I'm usually pretty on board for fair it. enough. All right. Uh, well, I think that's enough movie talk for now. Let's get beer number two out of our cellar, Johnny Summers. This beer, again, is called Poltergeist. If you're just tuning in, uh, it's from Tox Brewing. It's a triple IPA. It's 10%. Johnny, please read me the description. To celebrate Halloween each year. It's not even close to Halloween. No, it's not close to Halloween. All right. To celebrate Halloween each year, we combine and scale up two of our favorite double IPAs, Digitox and Double Apparition. This triple IPA named Poltergeist is straw yellow in color, has a silky smooth mouthfeel, and is fed with huge Whirlpool additions and our largest double dry hop to date, all with Galaxy, Citra, Nelson Sauvin, and Mosaic hops. Aromas of lemon zest, mango, and fresh squeezed orange juice give way to flavors of overripe peach, pineapple, mango, white wine grape, and hints of lemongrass. Incredibly smooth and super hop-saturated for the ABV, the attempt, I'm sorry, attempt this haunted juice at your own risk. It is not for the casual trick or treater. That uh, flub was not on you. This was incorrectly grammarified. That should have been a period, not a comma. You read it right and then fixed it admirably. Good Sweet. work. Thank you. I feel like we've done this beer before. We haven't, and I can tell you we I can tell you we definitely haven't. Oh, it just seems so familiar. I'll, I'll clarify in a minute. You are right. Halloween is nowhere near. If you're listening to this in the future, we are in May. Halloween, um, if it goes away in the future, is uh, was in October. And if they're not room, if they're not in this room. Everyone's listening to it in the future. I get. I guess I mean far enough in the future where you have no concept of what month we're releasing this episode. Like if you're listening to this like two years from now. Oh yeah. The day of the release was in May. Yeah. So yes, this beer is kind of old, um, and I want to caveat this a little bit. We picked this up at SNS, and I was warned by our friend of the show and and beer um, procurer of SNS. Andy, who said, "Hey, like maybe just skip this one. It's it's kind of old. I think it's about nine months old, give or take eight months." Two problems there. Um, we like to do two beers from the same brewery. Yeah. one. It's actually just one problem. That's the one problem. That's these the are, one. These are the two they had on the shelf, so I figured we'd try it. I also thought, despite the fact that it is an IPA with a lot of emphasis on the hop flavors, maybe the fact that it's 10% would give it a little bit of leeway, but I'm not sure what's going to happen. Well, Max, I'm here to tell you, this is a podcast by the common man for the common man. And we're buying beers available to the common man. And myself, as, okay. as a common okay. beer consumer, <laughs> mm -hmm. often find beers in my refrigerator that have long since passed their prime. This is a good spin. I always open them and try them. Sometimes they're still drinkable. Sometimes they're completely mm -hmm. acceptable and as good as they were when I left them in there and okay. forgot about them. Okay. Sometimes they're terrible and I pour them down the drain. The point is this is a easily... This could happen. This is an easily fallen into situation. Absolutely. It can happen to anyone. It happened to us. I'm not worried about it. No. We're going to give the beer a fair shake, knowing that it is 10 months old. Um, okay. I think it's eight. We don't, is that right? October. November, December, January, February, March, April, May. It's seven. Seven. Boom. And barely seven. It's like six and a half. All right. Okay. Just clarify. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference between six and a half and 10. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So six and a half months old, and I don't know, lifespan on AAA should be what? 
IPA, 180 days tops. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the casual beer drinker, I would say six months. I would say the more serious coffee beer drinker, yeah, probably th- three months, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, could happen to anyone. It's fine. We're gonna give it a whirl. Max, have you tasted it yet? No, I wanted to close this loop um, to help your brain. The reason, as you were reading that and looking at it, it felt familiar, is because we have done one of those double IPAs they mentioned in their description. Okay, and that one was Digitox, and that's one that we did. Yeah, back at the back at the one sixties or whatever. Yeah, the description sounded. Super familiar. Like I've read this before. Yeah, and you, you, we've said Digitox in our life several times. Yeah. Um, and the triple IPA that we did about a year ago was Death Angel. Like I said, also ten percent, um, and I loved it. So I imagine we got those pretty fresh though. So I'm, I'm apprehensive, cautiously optimistic here. What do you think of this one, Johnny? As you take another sip. Hmm. Well, honestly, it doesn't taste crazy bad. Awesome. Good start. Doesn't taste. Awful. We started with a low bar. We were like really hyping or hyping it, I guess, down. We're dehyping. We're unhyping it. Yeah. 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 What's the opposite of hype? Uh, we're throwing uh, belittling we're, it. We're throwing shade. Yeah, totally. We're trying to make this beer feel bad about itself. It smells great. Um yeah, I immediately pick up no issues. I'm not getting any off flavors. Ton of hops. Oh yeah, wow. Like a ton of hops. Mm. Like aggressively bitter. Mm. <laughs> um, and okay. most of the times with the t- a triple IPA, you know, there's other ingredients that yeah. balance that out. And this was double dry hop too, so I don't want that. <sighs> there's a lot. That's a hot beer. It is so hoppy. It is so hot. It is. It's hoppy and ho- I mean hop hoppy, of course, but I mean hot alcohol wise. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I mean, it's a ten percent beer, and that's not a surprise. Yeah, I just had a ten percent triple IPA at Burgers and Brew this week, and oh, yeah. it was like, oh, that's ten percent. Do you remember what it was? You don't have to shout it out if you don't want to. Ooh, but it was. I could have sworn I saw one there too. Oh, was it Granddaddy Burps? Maybe I think so. Yeah, it was a uh, very good though. And shocking for being 10%. Triple IPAs are so um, polarized isn't the right word, but they can, they can, there's very rarely do I think of one where it's like, that one was just average in the middle. They're like either disgusting or like pretty great. Yeah. Um, this one actually might be skewing a little bit more middling for me. I'm right? not sure. I've only had one sip. You just said there's no triple IPAs that are in the middle. This might be the first one. I've never one. had them before. This I might be it. it. I love it. I don't think they should have written incredibly smooth in their, in their description. Maybe it was incredibly smooth. That's true. Six months ago. That's a good point. Maybe, maybe it was. Um, let's talk can. They've got their frog again. This time the frog is an alchemist and he's using a giant staff with his little fangs out to um, scare off a demon um, from, I actually think that's the the antlered skeleton that was on Digitox, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. Or no, it might've been Death Angel. I can't I remember. Sw- I swear we've done this beer before. I promise you we haven't. Ah, that can even looks familiar, dude. Well, you've been looking at it for eight months in the SNS fridge, so. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm not even sure that's true because we probably would have picked it up before this. I wonder why it is so old. Who knows? I don't know. A question for someone else. We both like this. You're doing some research, it seems like. I'm just pulling up the Digitox. I'm just filming time. Okay. What have you found about Digitox? Oh, I'm just looking up the label. Oh, okay. Um, well, I think that I'm super into this beer. It's really? not amazing. I do like it quite a bit, uh, but there's some shortcomings for sure. It's, uh, it's very, very hot. Yeah. To the point that 16 ounces is way too much. Uh, also to the point that 729 is way too much, mm-hmm. I think. What are you finding, sir? I can't stall any longer. Oh, you don't need don't to stall. Know what you got. Just <laughs> you describe them. It's aggressively hoppy. Oh, I mean the label of Digitox. Anything? Oh, what did I find? Yeah, it's the same frog. It's the same frog, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll pivot my monitor here and yeah. let you take a look. It's the exact same frog in kind of the same 
um, labyrinth type situation. So I bet the 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 guy, the the ghoul, if you will, yeah. is from what was the other beer? Death Angel. Death Angel. And it is kind of, but it's actually just. Um, if maybe I can describe it to you, there was a coffin sort of sitting in a marsh, and there was a yes. green um, female form with skeletal wings and these little little antlers. And what you're seeing on there is sort of that creature, but uh, quite decomposed. Okay. Yep. And the frog is fending off that creature. Yep. I think it's nice. Okay. Yeah. So very similar can to to Digitox, and that yeah. that makes me feel better because it looked so familiar. I've seen that. What would you call that? Like a wizard's laboratory lab? What I would call it an alchemist. We had this conversation, and I think you're the one that said alchemist last time. Oh, you said something very like very RPG. Yeah. Like. Um, nerdy kind of Dungeons and Dragons vibes. You might have said Alchemist. Is that a Wizard's Alcove? Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Um, it makes sense. Yes. It's it's yeah, the wizard. What, what do you call a Wizard's stronghold? Is it a, a do, castle? Do they have one? I, they should. They got to live somewhere. Sorcerer's Tower, perhaps. See, Isengard. Mm-hmm. Maybe you call it. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. They just all live in towers. It doesn't seem wizardly. No. There should be a cool word. For a wizard's stronghold. I'm sure there is that word. But you would think one of us would know it. No, but I would think one of our listeners would know it. I should know it. So if you know what it is, give us a text. This is a good uh, Jared Schmidt question. Yeah, shout out. If you're listening, text us. Yes. Okay, back to this beer. Sure. I hope that tangent makes it to the radio, but for time it might not. <laughs> All right. Either way, it was friggin' awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't really think I like it very much. Okay. Um, are you ready to quantify that with a number or not quite? I think we should discuss it slightly more because I'm not quite ready. I feel like fresh, this beer would have had more sweetness because you can tell that it's there. If you take a quick sip of this, it's Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. on like the last 25, 30% of the drinking experience. You're getting like a little subtle hit of sweetness that like, if that was more predominant to give more balance is this might've been really good. But yeah, as it drinks right now, it is just all hops, really mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. no balance. There's not much to validate me drinking a ton of this. Um, yeah, it's just super punchy and super dry, which I don't know. I it sucks because on paper that means I should like it, right? Because well, my track record, like that's the style yeah. of beer that I yeah. like. But something about this is just it's too much. It's like overpoweringly. Yes, hoppy and dry. Yes. Uh, I agree. I on a, on a second or third sip there, I, I like it quite a bit less than I thought I did. Yeah. Yeah. I You know, it's like a six for me. I do enjoy it. Um, 16 ounces is a lot. I think what I have in my glass, which is at this point, maybe two ounces. That'll be plenty for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it was okay. I like It's a six for me. What do you add out of 10? It's like a three, three. That's pretty low. Well, I mean, there's just the drink, the the consumability, the enjoyability right now what I'm being presented and the fact that it is that old, like this is just, this isn't what it should be. Mine's not a six actually. You're right. Those are good points. Yeah. This isn't a good representation of this beer. And you know, to be fair, we did disclaimer that. So, um, there's a soapy quality, man. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's weird, man. It's not good. It's, it's leaving a really envelopey. It just tastes so old. It's it's a little envelopey. It's just, there's a funk to it. Yeah, it's just way past its prime. So yeah. for what's in, in my glass 
And that's nothing to be ashamed at, Talks Brewing, if you're listening. Maybe. It's, I mean, what, send us a good one. Well, no, you shouldn't be ashamed of a, a bad rating on a beer that's seven months old. That's, oh, I see what that's saying. not the brewery's fault. So it is what it is. This beer, as it is in my glass, is a 3 3. Yeah, it's a five for me. I would still drink it now. Really? Probably not again. I'm going to sip on this a little more. Really? I don't hate it, um, but there are some flavors that I find borderline unenjoyable. You would drink this beer. I would drink this, this beer. This old no, again. No. I would drink this beer in my glass. Is what again. I'm saying. Oh, you're just going to finish the beer. Yeah, like I'm gonna, right. And if it was lower than that, I'd be like, I don't think I want this. I don't think I want any more. The way you phrased that, it sounded like you would drink this beer again. To clarify, I will finish what's in my glass. I kind of enjoy it. There's nothing really, you know, I'm about to go buy you off. a can for your birthday. <laughs> um, great. Uh, no, yeah, it's a, it's a five for me. That's fine. Um, very briefly, because I like doing this lately, I'm going to give it a vibrating out of five. I don't like this can art. That guy freaks me out with his little skeleton <laughs> horns. Don't like him. The frog's scaring me. Um, and I don't like the way the beer looks in the glass particularly. It looks like it's going to be too sweet. Vibes are two out of five. All right. Boo. Redrinkability. Seven twenty nine for a pint. A little pricey. But if it were a great 10% beer, awesome deal. Unfortunately, it's not. It is readily available. So three out of 10. Nope. Three out of five on redrinkability. <laughs> That's where I'm at. All right. Do you have anything else on Poltergeist from Tox? Love to try it fresh. Yeah, me too. Okay. Well, once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. To recap, both of our beers this week come from Tox Brewing and are currently available at SNS Produce here in Chico, and the movie CISO is screening in wide release. If you have feedback on anything we've discussed today, you can call or text us at 530-433-0839 or send a good old-fashioned email to fhccast at gmail.com. Again, that number is 530-433-0839. Next week on the show, we are warring between two potential movies. We are either going back into the MCU to cover Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 or the Super Mario Brothers film. We will um, we'll just decide, maybe see both to be safe. Next week on the show, we'll be drinking beers from Humble Forager. We've done them in the past. I remember liking their beer yeah. quite a bit, so that's exciting. Uh, both beers are available at SNS Produce right here in Chico. Not sponsored, just have great beer. Yep. It's not our fault. If you want to drink along with us, head down there and look for our Beer of the Week sticker on Forbidden Fortune and Existential Bliss. As a reminder to our radio listeners, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes the always unpredictable hot and bothered segment, or if you want to go digging through six plus years worth of episodes dating back to 2016, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. We'll be back on the radio waves of KZFR next Saturday at 4 p.m. So until then, consume some films and beers that make your senses sizzle and enjoy the rest of your weekend. To those of you currently deep cleaning your kitchen, sweating on a treadmill, or landscaping your yard and listening in podcast form. We'll be right back. Welcome, podcast listeners, to Hot and Bothered. Let's get into it. Um, if you don't know, this is where we talk about what's got us pretty jazzed. We're kind of bummed out for the week. Johnny, I'm uh, looking at my notes, and you are done typing now. Yep. So what is Jedi Survivor? Jedi Survivor, I was super stoked on it. It's the brand new game on PlayStation 5 that just came out. It is the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Got it. Uh, one of my favorite video games I have ever played in my entire life. Fallen Order? Uh, yes. Or the new one. Okay. Uh, so Jedi Survivor was set to release on April 28th, and it was primarily the reason that I upgraded to PlayStation 5 mm -hmm. because it was the first of the games that I could not live without playing that was PS5 exclusive. And that's always the push for me to upgrade consoles. Sure. It's like when 
okay, the four is now obsolete to me. I have to have to okay. have to get it. Right. Um, and I I played a lot uh, on Friday. I had a bunch to do this weekend, but had a good chance to spend some time with this game, and immediately fell in love with it. If you are into big open world action RPGs, think. Skyrim in space, like with not quite as many side quests, but still a good amount. There's a ton of world exploration, lots of moves. There's they've expanded the skill tree. This is going to be a super nerdy tangent. I don't care. Uh, it's just it's fantastic. They've improved the gameplay in every way possible. I didn't think that this could be much better than Jedi Fallen Order, and they've they've across the board improved every aspect of it. And the writing in this movie is better than most Star Wars movies and shows. Fair. How so, far into the game are you? Eight, ten hours. How percentage-wise? 25%. Oh, okay. Long game. And I spent way too much time on the first planet. Like, I could have left that mm. planet like four hours of gameplay ago. Yeah. But you can explore. That's awesome. Yeah. There's stuff to do. Great, man. So it's a blast. Um, the thing that I had to do, which kept me from playing my video game, was go into Sacramento. Saturday, I had to pick up Shalina from the airport. Mm -hmm. So we kind of made the most of it, ended up doing some brewery hopping on Saturday. Love it. Where'd you go? It was pretty rad. We went to, started at Urban Roots for lunch. I had brisket. They had a smoked trout guacamole. Oh, gross. Which was delicious. Sure. It sounded terrible on paper. It does. <laughs> Saw the special board. I'm like, that shouldn't work. So but you ordered it? Yeah. Weird. Obviously. Okay. Uh, and uh, dual purpose, I really wanted to go because it was Saison Day. So they had 19 guest taps at Urban Roots, all wow. of Saison's from all over the country. And uh, they had some Sante Adaris uh, Saison's there that I tried. They had some from, I believe, Germany? I don't know. There, there was some from mm -hmm. all over. Mm -hmm. uh, just a fantastic lineup. So I had Easy Peasy Pilsner and then a few tasters of some super high-end rare Saison's. So that was really fun. Love that. Yeah. Great, man. Glad you get oh, done. And then I went to, to field work. Yeah. Had you been since their expansion? Um, no, and I didn't even really go into the new part. Oh, okay. Because the new part's like in and to the right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't even go in. I was there to get a four-pack and bounce. What did you get a four-pack of? <laughs> it's this ridiculous imperial brown ale with like chocolate and vanilla. It's like 11%. Okay. I read the description and I'm like, I, I have to try this. So I haven't even opened one yet. Oh, okay. I have a can for you. Nice. If, if Thanks, it's man. good. Sure. We could do that on, on Patreon bonus content. We could review one of those. Maybe. Okay. We'll see. Sure. I got to give a few of them out. Okay. You know, that CBE hookup. Sure. So, uh, but that was, that's been my weekend. And then what did I do Sunday? I went to CoinOp. Oh yeah. That How was, was that? CoinOp's been great. Okay. Yeah. I like CoinOp quite a bit. Good. Played Love some it. video games. Mm -hmm. It was fun. Mm -hmm. And then boom, we're back here. Went to see a movie and then here we are recording. Another day. Yeah, man. What about you? I built some steps with Rob okay. down to the creek. I love that caption. I was hoping you'd read it out loud as a segue, but yeah. uh, we've passed that point now. Max, what the <laughs> fuck are muddy steps to a watery grave? Well, I built some steps with Rob down to the creek. Okay. Um, basically- All the way down? We're almost all the way down. So there's there's like these, it doesn't matter, but a previous owner at this house had basically chiseled in or, or perhaps like jackhammered in steps into the rock face mm -hmm. on the way down, but it only goes, you know, it's from, from top of cliff to waterline. It's probably like a, you know, like a hundred, hundred, yeah, maybe a hundred foot descent. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they fixed a couple ladders to the, to the, you know, the cliff side. And then below that, it was just kind of like a steep 
rubbly, dirty kind of slide down there. So it was always Not risky good. getting down. So we put in, I think it was 12 steps total of sort of like retaining wall style steps. So lots of hammering in like inch in diameter steel rods that you could drill through to fasten the boards. So we did that all Sunday. Ended up seeing the movie CC with Rob that night. We uh, went down there and saw that. We're both a little underwhelmed, as you know. Um, stopped by the tap room on the way. Stopped by Burgers and Brew on the way back. Just a fun. I'm pretty sore still. My hands are hurting like like sledgehammer work. Yeah, man. Um, but we we're sort of preemptively getting ready for um, Creek Boy Summer. I like Creek Boy Summer. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I want to be part of Creek Boy Summer. You can. You can reap the benefits of our hard work. Sweet. By all means. Let me know when the steps are done. They're done now. All They're right. pretty much done. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll put in like two more just to no, complete I'll, it. But I will come over when those two are done. It's like another foot, man. You just got to take a big, nope. big step. Okay. Not doing it. All right. Fair enough. That is it, though. That's it for me. You got anything else? I don't think so, man. Um, no. I'm I'm good. All right. I'm going to go see Clutch tonight. Have so much fun. So As usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Everybody on Patreon, go check out the Handlebars Happy Hour. My name is Max Minardi. Johnny Summers here. Watch some good stuff. Drink some good stuff. Be good to people and stuff. See you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.